The last time in part one of this sermon based on Hebrews chapter 7, a sermon titled Jesus, Our Perfect Forever High Priest, the last time when we were in this passage in part one sermon, we were saying that if an eBay gift card is given to someone who knows nothing about computers and the internet and eBay, then that gift would be very underappreciated. But we also said it would not be until the recipient found out that eBay sells everything from vitamins to vacations and charm bracelets to cars that they might have a much uh, more filled out and accurate uh, appreciation for a $500 gift card from eBay. Similarly, when Hebrews chapter 7 makes the point that our Lord Jesus Christ is our perfect forever high priest, that too will be underappreciated by us Christians if we don't know what Jesus, our great high priest, is doing in heaven now. And so, from other scriptures, let me tell you some of what the high priest named Jesus is doing for the believer from other passages of scripture. The first thing I'd like to tell you is that Jesus Christ is giving. All the time, Jesus Christ is giving his believers mercy and grace. He is dispensing mercy and grace. Hebrews 4.16, therefore, as we draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So one of the things your high priest is doing for you in heaven all the time is he's dispensing and giving out to you mercy and grace, but that's not all. The high priest named Jesus is also advocating. The Lord Jesus Christ, like a defense attorney, defends you from the accusations of Satan. You might see this as Satan is the prosecuting attorney and that Jesus Christ is the defense attorney. I see that in 1 John 2, 1 and 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. So Jesus Christ is advocating for you, defending you, when Satan makes accusation about you to the Father, Jesus is your lawyer. But that's not all. Not only does Jesus give and advocate, but he forgives, or he is involved in the action of forgiving. That is, the Lord Jesus Christ pardons your confessed sins. When you confess your sin, sins to God, the Lord Jesus Christ is the member of the Trinity that forgives you. He's the one who forgives you. First John 1 John 1.9, that well-loved verse, if we confess our sins, the Greek for confess, homo legeo, homo the same, legeo to say, if we say the same thing about our sins, so we don't blame Mrs. White 
for our sins. We say, when I was in that situation, that was a sin when I was impatient or whatever it might be. You name names in terms of your sins. If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is not fickle about forgiving. He's faithful. And he is sure to, in the forgiving, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He has a judicial basis to pardon us when we confess our sins because he gave his blood. He paid the sin debt that we owed to God for that particular sin. Isn't that great? And so what is your high priest Jesus doing in heaven? He's giving mercy and grace. He's Advocating, defending against Satan's accusations. He's forgiving, that is, he's pardoning your sins as you confess them. And he's restoring. He's restoring, he's cleansing you after he forgives you. 1 John 1 9. For if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Beautiful ministries of Jesus, your high priest, if you are saved. Giving, advocating, forgiving, restoring. Let me ask you this. What if tomorrow heaven cut off all mercy and grace for you? The tap was just turned off. What happened, what would happen if in the turning off of that tap, you no longer had a defense attorney representing you in heaven? What if Jesus was out of pardons? He'd given out the last available pardon when you came for confessing sin. What would that be? What if for some reason your advocate, high priest, went out of the cleansing business? It would be very grim. It would be very, very sad and very, very serious. But thank God that will never happen. None of that's going to happen ever because all of that is done by your Lord and Savior who is seated in strength and motivated in ministry toward you as his child. Now, going back to Hebrews chapter 7, The chapter makes the important point that the priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior to that of Aaron because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi by way of a whirlwind review. Last sermon we saw that there is an historical argument for this. We saw that in verses 1 to 10 of chapter 7. And the persons that were cited were Melchizedek and Abraham, Melchizedek being pointed out to being superior to Abraham. But there wasn't just an historical argument for this. There was also a doctrinal argument for this. And we saw that in verses 11 to 25. And the principal parties cited in that doctrinal argument were the Lord Jesus Christ and Aaron. And the point that was made, several were made, These were the points. Melchizedek has replaced high priest Aaron. Why? Because both the priesthood and the law were imperfect. Why? Number two, and being imperfect, neither would continue forever. And three, God's oath can never be broken. And four, being men, the Old Testament priests all died. 
And so there was a historical argument and a doctrinal argument that the priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior to that of Aaron because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi. Historically it's so, doctrinally it's so, and practically it's so. Now we're going to come to that practical argument. We didn't cover that last sermon. The practical argument that the priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior to that of Aaron because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the order of Levi puts forward the examples of Christ and the believer. And the practical argument is in verses 26 to 28 of chapter 7. Hear the word of the Lord. For it is fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens, who does not need daily, like those of high priests, to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, because this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Verse 28, for the law appoints men as high priests who are weak, but the word of the oath which came after the law, appoints a son, capital S, made perfect forever. And so the practical argument goes something like this. By definition, priests minister to God and to God's people. And as the God-man, our Lord Jesus Christ is perfect in every way, absolutely holy, absolutely faithful, absolutely loving, etc. Being only human, the Old Testament priests from the line of Levi, this was true of them. As spiritual and as uh, devoted as those Old Testament Jewish priests from the line of Levi were in the Old Testament, here's what was true of all of them, just simply by virtue that they were human beings. They were sinners. They were sometimes not able to minister to the people. They had to offer sacrifices for their own sins. They didn't serve God's people. Some of them exploited God's people. Some of them didn't serve God's people. They abused God's people. They could not reasonably claim to be blameless. None of them could. None of them could stand before the company of Israel as a priest or a high priest and say, I'm blameless. None of them could say that with accuracy. Nor could they reasonably claim to be unstained. Like you and me, they all were stained by sin. So, let me repeat that list. Being sinless, constantly able to minister, no need for forgiveness, the inability to exploit, the inability to abuse, being blameless, being unstained, that wasn't the human Old Testament Jewish priests, but that was Jesus. And that is Jesus. Sinless. Constant ability to minister, no need for forgiveness, the total inability to exploit 
and the total inability to abuse, being blameless, being totally unstained. That's the Lord Jesus Christ's resume. And no one else has that resume. No one else, only Jesus. And the Old Testament priests from the tribe of Levi had to offer multiple sacrifices over the course of their ministries. But the Lord Jesus Christ had only to offer one sacrifice of himself. One sacrifice of himself for all time. Never needing to be repeated, never being able to be repeated. The Old Testament human tribe of Levi priests, they killed hundreds of animals in their priestly careers. The Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Lamb for for sinners slain, he offered one sacrifice himself, his precious atoning blood, once for all time. There's a huge contrast between the two because Jesus' precious blood sacrifice on the cruel cross settled the matter of forgiveness of a holy God for an unholy earth once and for all. God came all the way to us in love and mercy and grace in sending us his best, his son. And because Jesus was willing to come and willing to die on the cross in the place of sinners like me and you, it's settled for us. We're forgiven. Now we need to live forgiven. We need to live holy because we are forgiven. And so, by the way, (laughs) that's why none of you ever have brought a lamb and a sharp knife to this church building. (laughs) We don't slaughter animals anymore because Jesus offered up himself and curtailed all need of that, culminated all those sacrifices. Because all those animal sacrifices in faith anticipated and looked forward to the cross where Jesus died. And so, right now, at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, our great forever high priest, his name is the Lord Jesus Christ, is giving advocating, forgiving, and restoring. Again, he's giving believers mercy and grace, Hebrews 4.16. He's advocating for us as Satan accuses us, 1 John 2, 1 and 2. He's forgiving believers who confess their sins, 1 John 1, 9, and he's restoring repentant believers who confess their sins. He cleanses them. We covered these current aspects of the Lord Jesus' high priestly work on our benefit at the beginning of this sermon, and it's proper to repeat these marvelous labors of love which are done from the home base of heaven here near the end of the sermon. And so in closing, 
Hebrews 7 goes to great lengths to point out that the priesthood of Jesus Christ is superior to that of Aaron because the order of Melchizedek is superior to the line of Levi. So why would chapter 7 go to that length? Why would God the Holy Spirit move the writer to uh, the Hebrews to go all through the argumentation of this superiority of Jesus Christ's uh, priesthood? Why? Why do we need to know that? Do we need to know that? Yeah, we need to know that. You know why we need to know that? Let me tell you. Because there are rival high priests that are being offered to you and me. There are rival high priests to the Lord Jesus Christ that we offer to ourselves. These rival high priests are not offered to us by God. They are paraded out to us by the enemy of our soul, Satan, And these other rival high priests are all vastly inferior to the true high priest named Jesus. And these other rival high priests compete with the high priest Jesus for the first place in our trust, the first place in our affection, the first place in our worship. And if these can't win out over Christ, They will settle for distracting us from Christ. They want us to figure that we owe them because of all that they are doing for us. (laughs) Do you doubt that there are such rival high priests to Jesus, competing with Jesus? And do you wonder who they are or what they are as rival high priests? Well, what about good works? You know, the whole philosophy of life, do more good than bad, and you're in. Or what about paid prayers? There are some branches of Christianity that want you to hire a clergyman to pray for you after you've died so you might get in. Or how about comparison to someone else? The whole worldview that I've done better than him, so I'm going to be okay. I'm certainly better than her, so I'll be fine. Or what about the high priest that uh, runs around before us, rides someone else's coattails? You know, so-and-so was a fine Christian. They brought me to Calvary Bible Church when I was a little gaffer, and um, I'm fine. You know my Grammy. Or how about the uh, rival high priest that you know the charges won't stick? The charges against me won't stick. You know, there are loopholes. Or I can defend myself. There were good reasons why I fell short of God. Rival high priest. Here's a popular one. Everybody makes it. Don't preach about hell. Everybody makes it. Don't sweat the details. Everybody makes it. 
Or there's no fun in forgiveness. Forgiveness is boring. These are all rival high priests to Jesus. And Satan parades them out for persons in the church and outside of the church to give allegiance to. These are all, of course, flawed in that persons can try to make themselves feel better about themselves and about their eternal destinies, but these actually are all empty banks from which no one can ever successfully withdraw mercy and grace, defense from satanic accusations, forgiveness, or cleansing. Oh, Satan shines up pretty, pretties up these rival high priests. He puts cologne on them. He puts perfume on them and jewelry. He gives them a lot of bling, actually. He claims that they have plenty of satisfied customers, some of whom are mega rich jet setters or superstar athletes or movie stars or recording artists. Satan persuades persons to figure that these rival high priests are reasonable, logical, acceptable, enough. But these rival high priests can't actually deliver to anyone any true priestly benefits. They can't give you mercy or grace. They can't give you defense from satanic accusation. They can't give you forgiveness. They can't give you cleansing. These these rival high priests are like the cardboard baseball fans that during this COVID time are put in seats at major league ballparks so it looks like somebody's in the stands. They're phantoms. These cardboard fans can no more boo or cheer than a rock. And that's what Satan does with these false high priests that he parades before us with bling and uh, influence. Just, they're just cardboard cutouts. They can't give you mercy or grace. They can't defend you from satanic accusations. They certainly can't forgive you. They can't cleanse you. And so, <laughs> this is why God in love gives us chapter 7 of Hebrews so that we can know the superiority of the priesthood of Jesus Christ against the backdrop of Old Testament history and the law. And so that's what he wants us to know. He wants wants us to know the supreme and true high priest, that no one will ever rival really, that no one will ever come close to suppressing. And so having come through Hebrews 7, we should be changed. We should be changed. We should know Christ better. We should trust Christ more. We should be more sure of his priestly work for us, more thankful and worshipful for him being our superior high priest. 
And we must be positive that no other offered pseudo high priest surpasses the greatness of our high priest named the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and no one else who gives mercy and grace. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and no one else who advocates and defends. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and no one else who forgives. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and no one else who cleanses. Verse 26 to 28. For it was fitting that we should have a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens, who does not need daily, like those high priests, to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, because this he did once for all when he offered up himself For the law appoints men as high priests who are weak, but the word of the oath which came after the law appoints a son made perfect forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, our perfect forever high priest. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving and advocating and forgiving and cleansing. Thank you that with the spirit of God's discernment, we can identify false and rival high priests to Jesus. Thank you that we can trust you for help, for us to help others to identify and turn away from rival false high priests. Lord God, give us a good recall of the blessings we constantly get from the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our perfect forever high priest. And we pray gratefully in his name. Amen.